Welcome to another inspirational message from Elam Church, Christchurch City. For more information and great content, jump over to our website at elamchurchchristchurchcity.org. We hope you enjoy this message. I have the privilege today of continuing in the series, The Ten. But before I start, I'm going to pray. God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for this opportunity to be able to be here and under your word And like we've been singing, like we've been praying this morning, Father, we make room for you to speak. We make room for you to to, um, lay your word on our hearts, God. Even even down to the passage that Jono shared about giving, Father, it's not always what we want, but we know we get from you what we need. So this morning, I pray that you would speak a word that we need into our hearts, Father, that you would encourage us, that you would inspire us, and you would continue to grow with us, Father. You'd enlighten the eyes of our hearts as we hear your word, Father, that we would be able to listen to this passage of your holy text from long time ago, and it would be a rhema word for us today, Lord. We just thank you that you fill my failings and you fill my fumblings, Lord, And the stuff that we've talked about together, God, would be spoken through these words. Amen. All right. You ready? (laughs) Buckle up. Right, we've been doing the Old Testament. Um, Yeah, buckle up's true. Um, We've been walking through the Old Testament book of Exodus, looking at the Ten, um, the Ten Commandments. And so far we have had, I've got a slide to help, not that I didn't remember, but so far we've had four there's a slide in faith. Chris, should we do a thing and I'll go like that? No, not that. No, not that. Oh, okay. There's a slide. I'll read it out from my page. Yeah, there we go. Thou shall have no other gods before me was the first one. Second one, thou sh- I've done the sh- thou shalts just to really affirm the fact that we really need to take it seriously. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven images. So that's the having idols. Um, Thou shalt not take the Lord's name in vain, and we need to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. I really loved how New, when he opened up the series, talked from the offset about this not not being, um, they didn't become the law because it was written on stone, it was already the law. Like when Cain and Abel did the murdering, it wasn't considered murdering because it was written on stone hundreds of years later, it was bad before then, like, you know, we kind of, we know that these are laws that, principles that matter regardless of whether or not they're written on stone. It's important to acknowledge that Jesus came and he fulfilled the law and that, and that, but those rules still apply. Does that make sense? Society will fall down if we all start killing each other, guys. Don't do it, all right? You can't, like, walk into a shop and not pay for the things. Like, there's social behaviour that needs to to happen or else we'll all fall over. I can't just leave in my favourite car today when I go out to the car park. You kind of need to not cover, you need to take, (laughs) we need to take the law seriously. So we're on the same page, we agree. All right, today and for the remainder of the series, we shift gears a little bit. The first four have been about our relationship with God. The next six, so like Already the pendulum's not even. The next six are about our relationship with each other. Hooray. (laughs) It's really important that we get that part right because there will be people in eternity and you can't just do life and get through to be with God 
and and just put up with people. We actually need to be able to relate to each other and be able to do life well. Am I being too basic? Okay. <laughs> All right. At our house, we have a prayer. I wrote it when Ezra was little. Um, and but actually, before he was born, I kind of put together a bit of a passage. And it's a bit of a declaration. It's also a bit of a um, blessing. It's just one of those things he has a shower. He's all cuddly and, and ready for sleep. And um, we say this prayer. And when he was little, I spoke it over him. And now that he's big, um, he says it with me, which is pretty cool too. He's memorized it. It's been reinforced. Um, but it's like a bit of a mashup of some of my favorite passages just to keep him on track so we, so we know where the plumb line always is. Um, so it goes a little bit like this. God bless your dreams and bless your sleep and keep you safe and warm. Holy Spirit, be with you and make you big and strong. Teach you to show mercy, do justice, walk humbly all the days of your life as you grow in favor with God and with man. Mummy loves you, Daddy loves you, and we're both really proud, sweetheart. And then we kind of launch into what we need to work on for today or what we're excited about tomorrow, and we kind of freestyle. But we always start with that chunk at the start. And um, the, the, the bit I want to bring your attention to in the middle there is one sentence from Luke 2:52, and it says... And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favour with God and with man. So this one wee sentence summarises his entire childhood, his teen years and his 20s. The gap between Mary seeing him as a baby and treasuring the things in her heart, like the sentence before that, then kind of we fast forward to Jesus as a grown man in his 30s and in his ministry. And like if, if you think about how many texts there are, how many books, how many podcasts, how many videos, how many instructional things there are for us to be able to manoeuvre through those years in our lives, your teens, you're like parenting teenagers, being a teenager, how do I go to a guidance counsellor and find out what job? Like those first 30 years of our lives, we are resourced, but it comes down to one sentence for Jesus' life in Luke. And I thought, it can't be that simple, but it actually just is. We have to grow in wisdom and stature, so we get bigger and we experience things, and we grow in favour with God and with man. It's not okay to just be growing in favour with God. It's not okay to just be reaching out for his blessings. We need to be able to grow in favour with the people that are in our lives to be able to grow in favour with God. They, they go together. And it was that simple. So we pray that every night because it's really important that Ezra grows in his relationship with God, but he also grows with the people around him. And it's great for us as parents to be able to encourage that. So when we look at the next six commandments, they're all about growing in favour with man. They're all about how we interact with one another. They're all about our relationship to each other. And some of them are easy, like it's quite simple not to kill anybody, but some of them are a wee bit harder and our experiences can shape and shift our attitudes towards those things. So 
I could do a really nice encouraging one today and I, it will be, and it will be funny, I promise. Like, <laughs> I can't not, because I'm an empathetic person, I need to be able to be honest though to the text. So today we're starting, we go back to Exodus 20, we're starting with, honour your mother and father so that you may live long in the land of the Lord that the Lord has given you. It starts at home. In our pursuit to go in favour with God and man, it begins where we did. Ephesians 6 says it like this. Children, obey your parents because they belong to the Lord. For this is the right thing to do. Honour your mother and father. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honour your mother and father, things will go well for you and you will live long life on the earth. It's the first commandment with a promise. I thought to myself, great, that means there'll be some stats. Like, surely there's got to be some correlation between life expectancy and, and cultures like that have generations living in the same home and things like that. Do you guys know that the average life expectancy in New Zealand is 82 years, which is pretty good? Yeah, yes. <laughs> I like that cheer. You've got loads to go. Um, globally, the stat is 73 years. So we're, we're like well above the average, which is good. So we must be nice to our mums and dads on, on the whole, maybe. <laughs> in China, the world leader, um, multi-generational living is commonplace. There's, got, there's something to be said for the fact that if we honour our parents, we're going to live a longer life. Two things came to mind when I was preparing for this one. Yes, my parents are amazing. It's going to be easy to be able to stand here and say, you need to honour your parents because I love my mum and dad. They're absolutely incredible. That's them. They're pretty cool. A lot of you guys will know them and a lot of you will know that they are honourable people. Second was, I don't feel like an honourable parent. Like Ezra's safe and he's good, but I know that I don't always earn this command. God, <laughs> but you guys hear me, yeah, you know what I mean. Okay, so my mum and dad are excellent. They're great. A lot of you guys, you, a lot of you guys know them. Um, I've grown up in a house that was spirit-filled. My parents are insightful, prophetic, fun, faithful, generous. They're easy to speak to. In this commands sense because I know that it's been easy for me because of the way that I've been brought up. My mum and dad are great. And I know that that's not all of our experience. I know a lot of us have um, experienced significant trauma because of our parents. And I don't want to brush over any of that this morning because God's, God's in that, right? His presence is here and those things are big. And I think the reason that we start our relationship with one another, starting with our, with our family, is because that's like some of the hardest stuff. Our, our family doesn't always get the best version of us. If, on, if I'm honest, <laughs> if I'm honest, Ezra and Calvin wouldn't be able to probably do as lovely an intro as Jono did <laughs> for me because they see me like at my gnarliest. They see, they see real Anna. Um, and real Anne is good most of the time, but Ezra goes, I go, lovely, 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 psychopath. Lovely, lovely, lovely. It's like I'm, like I'm a bit of a, 
So that's, he needs to work on his honour, obviously. Each year I say to my mum in my birthday card, I've done it for about 10 years now, I promise this is the year that I will need you less. <laughs> but it hasn't happened yet. I don't know, um, I don't, maybe it's becoming a mum, but there's something about getting older that has meant that I need my parents just as much as I did, I think, when I was five. There hasn't been an age where I haven't needed their support. It's looked different at different stages, but I'm so grateful for the impact that they make in my day and the little and the big things that they have influence over. It's easier to honour a mother and father when they're excellent, but, it's, but I know that this instructional command is much bigger than whether or not you, have, you like your parents. Honour means high respect or esteem. Like all things, how we honour a person reflects on how we honour God. I think it's really important right off the bat to acknowledge the fact that there are no perfect parents. I'm a parent and I can attest to the fact that I am by no means perfect and Ezra will confirm it. You may be sitting there and have experienced significant trauma at the hands of your parents and I'm really sorry that that's been your experience. It's my prayer that you can receive healing from the one perfect father who we have in God. Honour doesn't mean that I agree with everything that has been done or said. It doesn't mean that you need to follow blindly the instructions of your parents, regardless of it's right or wrong. But you can honour their contribution to your life. It starts at home. This is a bit where we kind of shuffle awkwardly in our seats and I lose eye contact with you because... Um, nobody wants a magnifying glass on home. <laughs> Let me tell you, prepping for this message in the school holidays, <laughs> there's been an extension of faith, we'll call it. And there have been more than one not so honourable moments in our house. But since Adam and Eve, the family unit has been essential to God's plan for man. He even relates to his son in a father-parental role. Actually, full credit to Jesus because he not only had God the Father, but he had parents here on earth as well to, like, work out. When I was flicking through the Old Testament, prepping for this, and I don't, please don't Google it, it's actually so disheartening. There's so many really, really bad parents in the Old Testament, like horrific things so if you're ever feeling like God doesn't see stuff that's happened to you know that he has and it's not new to him what he sees he's in, he's his, he sees he knows some really bad thing thousands of years later the family is still under attack it's the first way I get attacked if I feel like a breakthrough some massive great things happened I'll go home and then I'll just be feral like just it's the first way that the enemy will push the buttons in my life and humble me <laughs> from those things. But we don't want that to rob, okay? When you flick on the TV, if you've still got a flicker, do people still use flickers? Flick the TV on. The, fam the family that you see on TV, the entertaining one, aside from probably... Chili and Bandit, they're like the only good parents that I see on TV anymore. If you know Bluey, you'll know what I mean. 
But parents, like dads are hopeless. They're a bit stupid. Mums are nags and complaining. Kids are out of control and old people are irrelevant. Like the family that is meant to be entertaining is completely dysfunctional. It was never God's plan that generations didn't support one another, that parents were as bad as what we see on TV. The reality is toddlers will have tantrums, teenagers will rebel, parents will get angry and treat their children unfairly. We're quick to speak badly about each other and often people we love get the worst version of us. Our expectations hardly ever meet the beautiful filtered photo that sits on the mantelpiece with the blurry edges. Doesn't always look like that, does it, guys? It's little wonder that the first commandment about how we relate to one another starts at home. Because if we're serious about loving God and man, that's where it has to happen first. Honour, to lift up, to esteem, to respect. How do we show honour? Honour changes as we do. It looks different through the different stages of life. When you're a child, it looks like obey. It looks like as you... navigate through the things for the first time in your life that your parents will protect and guide you. Following their instructions and trusting their motives to love us and raise us in the best way possible. As an adult, honour looks more like shared experiences and respect and appreciation, time spent. And as parents age, it's more like a guardian role. You show honour by sharing and caring for your parents, by supporting them in their needs. If they've passed, then honour will look like how you, how you honour their memory, how you celebrate their life and legacy, and let that shape your path. Give your mum a call today. If your parents have passed, then cook their favourite meal. <laughs> Tell your kids stories about what it was like to be their age. Honour happens in our hearts, but it looks, but, but how good does it feel to receive it? The first time Ezra ever wrote mum on a little piece of paper is still on the fridge <laughs> all these years later because it was special. That's, you know, that was my, yes. He wrote mum before he wrote Ezra. So that's a good, that's a good one. It's less letters and two of them are the same. So it's probably <laughs> much easier We have to take our families back, guys. Children need to pray for your parents. Cover them in prayer and be quick to forgive. Parents, you need to fight for your kids. Cover them in prayer and speak hope and truth into them daily as they maneuver through the scary world that's shouting chaos. Honour your father and mother so that you may live long in the land that God has given you. Honour works best when it starts When it has a U, okay, so David, you'll like this one. It's all about how we spell it, see? It's a bit cheesy. This is probably the cheesiest anecdote that I'll I'll give you today, but if you know me well, you know that I'm one of the corniest people in the world. While I was hammering away this message, I kept getting the squiggly lines because I'm not great at spelling, and those who love me will confirm that I'm completely shocking at sending a text I didn't reread or... Poorly proofing an email. Lee, stop sniggering. (laughs) I have 10,000 thoughts all at once, and my fingers have to try and keep up with all of that. And spelling the word right is the least of my concerns most of the time. It causes me frustration and shame 
at different stages in my life. But now that I'm in my 40s, I actually don't care. And I'm resigned, my fact, resigned to the fact I actually am not good at punctuation. That's fine. So while I was typing this, I kept getting the red squiggle on words, and it isn't a drama. I changed my spell check from the American one to the English one in a day that I was feeling proper one time. I don't know why. Um, but, I, but I was typing away. And I have changed, oh, I've already said that sentence, see, punctuation and grammar. Um, so I was being lazy and I kept forgetting to put the U in to honour when I was typing my notes. So you guys know that the American hasn't got the U and the English has, yeah? We all, all agree on that one. So I, my self-talk, I was like, oh, honour needs you, honour needs you, honour needs you. And do you guys ever get those moments where you feel like the Holy Spirit's like, mm-hmm. Like penny dropped. I was like, oh, honour needs me. Like, I need, <laughs> honour needs to start with me. If I'm going to be a person who wants to live in a culture of honour, I need to live honourably. Like, that's this command isn't just about me saying that my parents were great. It's actually about starting a legacy where honour is starts with me. I live an honourable life so that I can be honoured. Not that we're going around wanting to be honoured, but it has to start with us. It's not what you get, it's what you give that makes you honourable. I read this quote and I really loved it. No person has ever, uh, no person was ever honoured for what they received. Honour has been rewarded to them for what they gave. I'll say it again. No person is ever honoured for what they have received. Honour was given to them for what they gave. It's not what I get. It's not my title. It's not my job. It's not my, like how you would describe me. It's not a certificate. (laughs) It's not a degree. It's not a reward that I am given. Honour is something that comes from me at a cost. I will... I will be living an honourable life by how I behave. I googled what it takes to become a judge. Because <laughs> you know how they called your honour? So you've got to kind of assume they've earned the title, right? And it seems basic, right? <laughs> no, it's not. It's hard to be a judge. Um, but you study, you serve, you spend your years doing your dues. You are of good character to become a judge. You can't just memorise the law. You need to have done the work and to have the character that goes with it to be able to be a judge, to be able to be called your honour. Jesus said it like this in Matthew 7, in everything, not like everything, do unto others as you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. The translation says it like this. Here is a simple rule of thumb guide for behavior. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you. Then grab the initiative. Everyone say initiative. And do it for them. Give. Um, this adds up to the God's law and prophets. And that's what we want to get. Oh, that's, this is what you get. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. Simple way, nice and easy. Mo, Paul takes it even further in Romans 12. 
and this is one of my absolute favourites, when we talk about character and we talk about behaviour, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourself. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spirit fervour. Serve the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share, the Lord, um, share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. That's why I love crunchies. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of lower positions. Don't be conceited. Don't repay evil. Uh, don't repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do right in the eyes of the Lord. If it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live in peace with everybody. Don't take revenge, dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. And that goes on to talk about how he's got your back when it comes to that stuff anyway. But it's pretty, like, it's a, what an amazing guide. Thank you, Paul, for making it that simple. If you want to live, if you want to, live in a culture of honour, then we need to be living honourably. I receive honour for what I give away. I receive honour when I give away. I receive honour when I serve, when I show love, when I bless and I don't curse. I receive honour when I celebrate with others. I receive honour when I mourn with others. I receive honour when I humble myself, when I treat others the way I would like to be treated. I receive honour by giving away. How this, now this is growing in stature and wisdom and favour with God and man. I promise you that it's not always going to be seen by man. That's okay because God sees it all. And it's better to be seen by him, trust me. So, I've wrestled, (laughs) wrestled with this word because it would be easy just to say, think happy thoughts about your mum and dad and it will be well with you because Paul said. (laughs) Um, But it's bigger than that because we know that that's hard. When we live today and and we acknowledge the fact that our families are under attack, it's hard. It's hard to be a kid. It's hard to be the parent. It's the, we're in a bro- we live in a broken world. And to stand here and say, I love my mum and dad and my life's easy isn't helpful when you're, when you're carrying something really painful and when you've walked through really awful stuff. So I've wrestled because I've been like, I could just say something easy. I could just say something to make everybody smile and walk away. But I really felt like God... Because God cares about families and he cares about this nation and the parents and the kids that are hurting. And because this is only my fourth time and it's okay if I don't get asked again. Um, But I felt like there's a challenge here. And the basic math is that everybody in this room has got parents, right? (laughs) That's just two plus One plus one equals two, and then there was you. So we've all got parents. That's basic stats, and um, 
I'm not great at spelling, but I do know one and one. Honouring bad parents is hard. And while it's important because if we don't move past that hurt or that place of abuse, then we don't always get to see the cycle change or the patterns be different for our own families. Man, I've cried while I've been prepping for this for some I don't, I might be talking to no one <laughs> or one. But you need to forgive your parents. But Anna, you don't know what it was like. No, I don't. <laughs> but God does. Honouring your mother and father, forgiving your parents, being able to honour them, regardless of what you've been through is what you need to do for us to see families restored. It's what you need to do for us to see this nation healed. It's, it's hard and it's big. But God doesn't lead us to a place where he's going to leave us on our own. We've been singing I'm so glad we did um, make room this morning. This is where I lay it down, every lie and every doubt. Even if it's just one person this morning, if you can come and you can put some of the stuff down and make room for God to bring healing, we can change this nation. We can change our families. We can change this church. We can change the future <laughs> if we can live in honour if we can live in that place of trusting God with who's in authority over us, trusting God. I mean, we've got elections coming up, guys. <laughs> this honour doesn't just come to mum and dad. It comes to people in authority that are over us. We need to trust God. We need to honour the people that he puts in our lives. Honour your boss, even if they're an idiot. My, my boss isn't an idiot, just so you know. My boss is amazing. But we need to see our families come back. We need to see our families healed. And it starts with us. It starts with our attitude. And I just pray. Do you guys want to stand with me? I tell you what, there's some parents too that need to repent. You know, if we want to see these patterns change, then you need to say, I'm sorry for being quick to anger. I'm sorry for reacting the way I did. I'm sorry for being selfish. God, I thank you for your presence. And I thank you, Father, that oh, just a wee bit of coaching here. Jesus doesn't, I don't drop a challenge and then you all have to respond to that. This should be something that if it's prophetic, speaks to what God's already speaking in you. So you need to test the word that I'm saying. If this is something that God has is provoking or God is touching in your heart, then, then this will affirm that it's not going to be some new revelation. You know, I want to be working with what God's saying to you. I'm not trying to manipulate anybody today. But if God is leading you in that place of just needing to lay some stuff down, to be able to come 
and see your relationships healed, to see breakthrough for our nation, for your family, then I just pray that, Lord, in this moment, with your presence, God, you've been with us from the moment we were were born. You love us like that prodigal dad, the prodigal son, but the dad who ran, who ran to welcome back his son. We've all been places, we've all done stuff, Father. But you run, you run to your children this morning. So we come to that place, Lord, of being able to enter your presence, to know your forgiveness, to know your heart, Lord. And pray that you would journey with each one of us, Lord. None of us are perfect. We hold our parents so responsible. (laughs) God, there's been some horrible things happen to some of us. You're with us. You love us. You're leading us through this stuff, God. Father, I pray that you would come and you would begin the healing heart. You you begin to bring change, Father. You begin to make us new. As we we come to you, Jesus, the the master of reconciliation, you've asked us to be ministers of reconciliation ourselves, Lord. So I pray for each one of us, Father, that you would guide us, you would lead us into that place of being ministers of reconciliation in our homes, ministers of reconciliation in our our workplace, ministers of reconciliation, Father, with our family, Lord with those relationships around us, Father. We just thank you that you love us. Thank you that you're leading us, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, I pray. You know, it's our our church motto that you sent us to bind up the brokenhearted. The Spirit of the Lord God is on me to speak your word, Lord, this morning to the broken heart. Jesus, come and have your way. This has been another great message from Elam Church, Christchurch City. For more content and updates, come see us on our Facebook page or jump over to our website. Thanks so much for listening.